It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today, we're going to talk about an article from Mark Stein talking about Jordan Poole and his future in D.C. And, of course, we're going to preview tomorrow night's game against the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so there is an article, and it's, it's your guy, the real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott today, just recovering from a terrible, terrible loss, a typical West Unsell Jr. Uh, give up a 20-point lead kind of loss, you know, not having an inbounds play, um, <laughs> not challenging anything. You know, isolations. We didn't even score in the last four minutes of the game. We let Pascal Siakam do whatever he felt like doing. So just a typical West Unsell Junior Masterclass. But moving on from that, uh, Jordan Poole, of course, has been a, a hot topic, you know, all over the NBA for not the best reasons in the world. Uh, Mark Stein came out with an article. Mark Stein, who has a substack, he said, this is the article. It says, Jordan Poole, not too long for the Wizards, question mark. Did the Washington Wizards trade for Jordan Poole to try to rebuild his trade value to move him on in a future trade or to make him a cornerstone player of their post-Bradley Bill future? My sense from speaking to various league observers is that more believe it is the former rather than the latter with Poole in year one of a four-year $123 million contract. So, uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts about that? Basically, um, saying Jordan Poole is not going to be here too long. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Mark Stein's article? Man, it's crazy how things change, right? I mean, two months ago, man, we thought this guy was going to be like the guy going forward. And now, you know, but I I guess it's easy to judge things on high, you know, in hindsight, right? Uh, looking at the trade from Golden State, at first you look at it as like, man, that's a good value move. You know, we get a young guy who hasn't hit his prime yet, who is an electric scorer, but has his maturity issues, those red flags as far as the locker room. But now you look at it as like, why were they so – <laughs> freely give it away young guy who hasn't hit his prime yet so it kind of changes how you look at the trade a little bit it's like you know why are they so willing to give away a young player who has high upside because i mean now you start to see a lot of the locker room issues um a lot of maturity issues i mean we talk about that video where you know he's not even paying attention in the middle of a, a, a timeout when west Hill jr is trying to draw up a play some people think it's not a big deal but i mean i think it's a big deal because if you're a franchise player and Guys who are fighting for a roster spot are telling you to pay attention. That's a red flag, man. I mean, the maturity issues continue to show. Um, he's joking around on the court, you know, getting swatted, um, shooting very low percentage shots when he doesn't really need to. I mean, two seconds into the shot clock, he's already launching a three. I mean, it's just it's 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 cartoonish a little bit, man. So the immaturity is showing, and it's not just shown within the organization and our fan base, it's showing throughout the NBA. 
And a lot of the Golden State people are already coming out and say, look, told you so. So looking at that, um, looking at whether he could be a, a trade asset or a cornerstone, I kind of look at it like this. They're going to have to get him straight to boost his trade value up because right now he has none because nobody's willing to take on that contract and still have to the, 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 you know, deal with the immaturity. So we're going to have to work with him. You know, the coach is going to have to work with him. Uh, Kuz, you know, other leaders, uh, other leaders are going to have to step up, work with him. But even then, would you still trade him? Because if you're going to invest that amount of time with somebody and he and he does figure it out, you know, you got to retain that because you've invested so much time into him. So I think he's a cornerstone. I think that he has way too much talent to be a bust. Yeah, the immaturity shows. Um, this is not the first time we've dealt with immaturity, and, and then we got a guy go John Wall. If you look at man, he got a lot of criticism when he first came to Washington, coming out doing the Dougie. I didn't have a problem with the Dougie, but other people did. <laughs> you know, him going to the Rose Bar. You know, there's we've had our fair share of guys who've had you know, quote unquote, locker room issues or maturity issues. You know, Agent Zero, electrifying personality. So I think we'll be all right. I mean. But he's got to figure it out. You know, this is not Golden State. You can't be all Hollywood, man, when you're getting swatted on national TV. He's got to figure it out, man. So I'm looking at leadership. Um, I'm looking at West Unsell to kind of rein him in. Because uh, if once if West Unsell wants to be that coach going forward, he has to rein him in. you got to be able to control these type of personalities. Because if, if we, down the road, start adding these these moves, man, these players, and make it a contender, you got to be able to deal with di- different personalities. So I want to see West Unsell kind of take charge. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, man. Don't don't just be his buddy, you know, actually be a, a voice in his ear like you're talking to Denny. Talk to him. Look, man, this ain't the right look, you know, trying to mentor him a little bit. So, yeah, I don't there's no move we can make because what team is going to touch that contract right now with those maturity issues? They're not. So it behooves the organization to get him right. And if we want to flip him, that's cool. But to me, he's young. He hasn't hit his prime yet. And if I'm going to invest time to get him right, then I want to be the organization that reaps the rewards. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, right now uh, it, it definitely is the former more than the latter. I think uh, I think he 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 will be moved probably not this season, but maybe next season. And uh, I, I still want to be optimistic about him progressing and being a productive player. But I think we're just finding out that he may just be a really good six man instead yeah. of a cornerstone piece. I think he's a guy that can come in and score twenty points a game. Even though he struggled in every every statistical category, he's even his free throw percentage is going down to seventy six percent as well. So he, he he's just struggling all around. I mean, he had some good moments. You know, the double spin move that he had uh, against the Hornets, and you know they don't have a bad moment where he's blocked or he has a jump turnover and yeah. just making a silly decision here and there. And then the bench video where Shamet tells him to look and uh, <laughs> uh, Eugene tells him to look. So. Yeah, he's, he's had some rough moments. Um, the getting blocked by Porzingis and thrown yeah. off the backboard to Kuz. I mean, there's numerous, numerous things we can talk about that have definitely um, been some shock in the full moments for sure. So his trade, his trade value, like I said, is probably super, super low. I don't even think you can get a first round pick for him at this point. Nah. <laughs> uh, he's he's you know he's not having a, having a good season so far, and, and defensively, you know, he's never really been a good defender, and it, it, he's still struggling defensively for sure. So. Not not a lot of positives, and as far as Wes, Wes probably isn't the guy to get him to lock in or focus, and and unfortunately, you know, he 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 just needs somebody who can, and it really should just be him getting himself to focus and lock in. But you know, he probably does need somebody, a, a tough coach, and, and just a winning environment. I think for, for him, the best situation probably was where he was in, in Golden State. That really just come off the bench, come in and just score, 
and play around a bunch of winners like Staff and Clay and and Draymond. But of course, they they may they may have just grown a little tired of of some of his you know going back and forth on the bench and to just taking some his shot selection and whatnot. So, but yeah, just to get back to the article, yeah, it looks like they they valued a. The article says once again, trade for Jordan Poole to try to rebuild his trade value to move him on in a future trade or to make him a cornerstone. So yeah, I, I think it's leaning towards a future trade, and it, it may not just be on him. I think right now they're just focused on Bilal because you can see what's happening with Johnny. Yeah. It looks like they just couldn't care; they couldn't care less about Johnny's development. <laughs> so if they didn't draft you. Now it looks like they do care about Denny because they gave him a contract, but other than that, it looks like you know right now their goals are really to focus. And right now, I think that's their goal with with Kuz. You can say the same thing with Kuz, and Kuz is playing well, and yeah. I think his trade value is starting to go up. I mean, you can't deny it when he's putting up you know twenty five to thirty against the Raptors. He had uh, – who else did he have 30 against? He, he's had some really good games so far this season. So I think his value is going up. I think even before the season started, I think I, I would have I, – I, my bet is that you can get a first for Kuz. It may be a late first. might not be a lottery pick. But I think you can get a solid first-round pick for, for Kyle Kuz. But right now, Jordan Poole is probably going to be a bunch of it – might, it might even be on the Rui level type of trade where you get five second-round picks. Oh, and Lord. a mid-tier guy like a Kendrick Nunn. I think that's kind of what you're looking at. If, if Jordan Poole keeps playing like this, that's the best-case scenario. And honestly, you know, we were all excited when we traded him for Chris Paul, <laughs> who's 40 years old. But um, right now, it's kind of looking like nobody really won the trade other than moving off a of bill, which is the best part for this team. But right now, Jordan Poole yeah, is looking like it's, it's going to take some time to get his value up. And if he's going to play like this and Wes is going to bench him, <laughs> you're not going to get much value for him. So – the article is concerning a little bit. It's the truth, but it's a little concerning as far as the trade value. But I, I'm still going to stay optimistic with Jordan Poole that he can, he can bounce back and, and get it together and at least, you know, get better on the shot selection, get some shots yeah. to drop. Some of the shots are wide open. He's just not hitting them. But uh, right now, yeah, it, it, it's a bumpy start. We know the talent's there, so I, I can't really disagree with the article at all. No, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a couple of main points I'm looking at, man. Is one. If you can't trust what's on sale to be that guy, then what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's kind of where I'm going. If you can't trust him to be that guy to get him right, then what do we, you know what I mean? Then he may not be the head coach. Your head coach needs to be that guy. You know, you run the locker room, man. You, we need to bring in a guy who has that playoff championship experience, but who's a hardliner. You know, the guy's going to hold people accountable. And like I said, I like West, man, um, but he may not be the head coach, man. I mean, that's why I was real surprised that they enacted that fourth-year option. But yeah. getting back to Poole, look, if he doesn't want to be in D.C., okay, fair enough. If I'm the front office, I'm saying, look, do what you got to do, play your cards right, boost your value up, and we'll move you. Because you best believe going to this next draft, man, if we're really serious about building through the draft, flip him and Coos for a lottery pick. Boom. And you go into this draft with a couple of lottery picks. I mean, you you gotta because if he doesn't want to be here, then say that's what I will do, man. Because his actions kind of tell me that he may not want to be here. You know, you go from a, a situation to Golden State to Washington, where it's, you know you're in the middle of a rebuild. He may not want to be here. So look, you want to be here, cool. If not, you do what you got to do. You know, play your cards right, boost your value, and then we'll flip you. So yeah, it's it's crazy what. <laughs> 10 games kind of does for you, right? Like, because mm-hmm. we, we were ready for him to be the guy. And like I said, with that phone call to Bilal, we're like, man, you know, maybe, you know, he can be that leader, but he's got to, he's got to get figure it out, man. He's got to, he's got to grow up a little bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough because Steve Hurst struggled to do it. You know, Steve, yeah. Steve Hurst struggled to get him to lock in at some times. And, and, you know, 
make take better shots. So I, I think he just kind of is who he is. You know, I, I think the best role for him maybe is being a Nick Young or being a Jordan Clarkson, six man Jamal Crawford. I think that that might just be who he is and what his ceiling is. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we're gonna hop, hop in, into this Mavericks preview. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for, for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. Of course, he has our guy, Bilal Koulibaly. His explanation is Wizards rotations continue to be all over the place, which is very true. But Bilal has played 30-plus minutes in the last two games, and he is in their future a massive defensive option. Yes, he did have 10 points last night. He had 20 points the other night against the Nets and hit four threes. So, yes, I definitely agree with that pick by Josh Lloyd saying Bilal Koulibaly. Another sleeper is uh, Skylar Mays. He should be starting for at least the rest of, the, of this week. And his value is great for fantasy teams unless until at least Malcolm Brogdon returns. I think it's a good pick, too. And Keontae George, I like him a lot. The Jazz's new starting point guard. And he tallied 20 assists in his first two starts. It may be ro- ro- rocky, but he is worth grabbing. Josh Lloyd from fantasy on from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. If you have a personal experience about buying a part for your car from eBay, make sure you guys check it. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Out. All right. So, and also make sure you guys check out the Lost National YouTube channel as well. All right. So the Wizards play the Dallas Mavericks tomorrow night. Brandon, what are your, some things you're looking for? I don't, I don't, we don't really see keys to victory anymore. <laughs> But uh, what are some things you're looking for? Just looking at some of the stats for the Mavericks, they're pretty darn awful defensively, just like the Wizards are. Uh, NBA team op- opponents points in the paint per game. The Wizards are ranked 29th. Dallas is ranked 27th, giving up. Dallas is giving up 56 points in the paint per game. The Wizards are giving up 58. Uh, also, if you look at defensive rating, excuse me, uh, the Wizards are the Wizards are 26th with defensive rating and defensive rating, and the Mavericks are 24th. So we're both they're both bottom ten in the league. Now Dallas offensively, they're first in NBA team three point percentage shooting forty percent. They got a bunch of shooters, and then they got Luca who creates a lot of open shots for uh, teammates. The Wizards are fifteenth in three percent percentage with thirty five percent, which is actually not bad. But uh, what are your thoughts on playing against the developmental keys and just ways you would attack the Dallas Mavericks? 
Um, one man, I think this is a game where I want to see Gaff kind of step up, you know, and see how he matches up against Derek Lively Jr. Man, I think it's a favorable matchup. I think he can kind of roll him similar builds, similar play styles. Um, man, <laughs> perimeter defense is gonna be something, man. I mean, like you said, this team can shoot, we know what Luke can do. Um, Kyrie's gonna shoot a lot, you know. You look at the bench, you know, Seth Curry, you know, Tim Hardaway is a shooter. Uh, so definitely you gotta prioritize perimeter defense. I mean, really defense overall, because we're just hurt on defense overall, man. But I definitely um looking at going back to Gaff, I definitely think this is a rebounding opportunity for him. But just defense priority, man. And finally, effort, man. Effort. There's been a lot said about effort. Well, you know, what does it mean to be in a rebuild? What is culture? You know, culture to me is you got to play right. You know, look, you play right, you put the effort out there and you still get blown out. At least you put that effort out there. That's that's culture. Not trying and throwing the white flag in the fourth, man, early on. I don't want to see that. I want to see them actually try to beat the Dallas Mavericks, man. So definitely I'm with you on the Gafford point. I think um I think this should be a good matchup for him with Derek Lively. Of course, you know, defending the three-point line, you brought that up too. They're the best three-point shooting in the shooting team in the league. Uh Grant Williams has been knocking down threes. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., he's been knocking down threes. And um Kyrie Irving has been knocking down threes as well, you know, so they got shooters across the board. Luka can shoot the three as well. He can find open shooters. You know, he's going to find guys open all the time. Derrick Jones Jr. is super athletic too. They got him. They got Josh Green coming off the bench. Jaden Hardy is a good shooter too, good six man. Uh, Dwight Powell is athletic. So um, they they have a solid roster this year. I kind of like their personnel a little bit. Now inside, of course, they don't have, any guys that can stop guys getting to the rim, really. Kyrie's not a good defender. Luka's not the best defender in the world either. Uh, and Grant Williams is a good 3 and D player. But Derek Lively, he's a rookie, and I think they should certainly attack him. I think this is a game yeah. where Kuz can go off and get 25 to 30 points a game. I think this can actually be a really good bounce-back game for Jordan Poole because, you know, I think Kyrie's going to be matched up and guarding him, and Kyrie's a smaller guard. So I think Jordan Poole can actually, you know – get to the basket. I think this is a game where Jordan Poole should focus on really getting to the rim and, and getting yeah. the best of Kyrie defensively. Kyrie is an awesome, awesome uh, offensive player, but defensively, I think Jordan Poole certainly can get some, put up some points on Kyrie for sure. Uh, but yeah, this is a game where it, it might get into the 120s, might be like 100. Yeah. They, they just played the Pelicans and it was like 124 to 136. So I could think, I think it could be something similar to that. Uh, I think Corey Kispert coming off the bench is going to be huge, knocking down some threes. Uh, Bilal, once again, you know, how are they going to use him? Luka's a tough matchup. You're not going to stop Luka. You're not really going to slow him down either. Yeah. But maybe you want to put Bilal on him. Just a couple of plays, just to see, just to give him some different looks. You know, Weston Soto Jr. should try something different than putting Tyus and Jordan Poole on him. I don't think he'll do that. But, you know, or you're going to throw Kuz. And, of course, you're going to put Denny on him, too. Just throw just throw six, nine guys at him. You're going to have to throw Kuz <laughs> at him. Uh, Bilal, Denny, all those guys should definitely be on him at all times, just wreaking havoc, trying to just make it tough on Luca. Of course, Luca's going to get his 25, 10 points, 10 boards, 10 assists, but just make it tough for him. That's all I'm asking from West to just do something different. Uh, and uh, Kyrie's going to get his. So it's really pick your poison. It's going to be a, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a very close game. I, I do think, you know, I, I, I don't think they're going to be victorious, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's a high scoring game, but I think it's going to be a game where we can see some developmental moments for sure. And uh, I think it's going to be a positive game. I think it's going to yeah. be a positive game where you're going to see some strides from some of the young guys too. And I think this is a game where you might want to give Johnny at least five to ten minutes too. 
I was just about to say that, man. I think this is the perfect opportunity to see what Johnny Davis can do. Give him some minutes. Give him 15 minutes. That's all we ask for. Give Johnny 15 minutes. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Um, but it's going to be a high school game. It's going to be a shootout. You know I mean, defense is going to definitely stay at home because I think we kind of match up similar to especially our backcourts or not defensive backcourts, mm-hmm. but more offensive backcourts. So it's going to be interesting. I think uh, this battle is going to be won on the bench and in the paint. I think if there's any any chance that we win this game, it's going to be with rebounding and, and defending the paint, you know, forcing to shoot. Like, you know, we know they can shoot, but, you know, forcing to shoot, let that be their only option, you know, put, push them out of the paint. And then look at their bench, they have shooters, but they're not really defensively inclined either. So I definitely want to see Bilal. I want to see Corey Kispert kind of eat on the second unit. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do a prediction, man. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I just want to see the young guys play good. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I didn't want. I slipped up and did a prediction. I didn't really want to do one. <laughs> they have uh, Seth Curry's on the roster too. He usually cooks the Wizards. Yeah, I'm trying to see their last game. Just look at the stats, uh, how they play. But they're eight and two. I didn't even know they, they yeah, were winning that many games. They're rolling they're playing, right now. Yeah, they're playing the Pelicans again because it's crazy because they didn't even they didn't even make the play in last year. Kyrie had 35, so he's on a heater. He had 35 against the Pelicans. Last night, just looking at the stats, uh, Luca had 30. He hit four threes. Kyrie hit seven threes. Derrick Jones hit two threes. And then off the bench, they had Tim Hardaway Jr. He hit three threes. Uh, Josh Green hit three threes. So this is a game where they, they hit 20 threes last night, which is ridiculous. They hit, they wow. shot 53 threes. That's a lot of threes. That's an insane amount of threes. So yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna shoot a barrage of threes. They're gonna get a bunch of threes up, and they probably will hit. Uh, 20 again. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, man. Apparently, Luca don't care about no flat earth, man. He, 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 rolling. <laughs> <laughs> he don't care the moon's made out of cheese. He's rolling with me. Kyrie. I mean, they're looking good, man. I mean, like I said, when I looked at um, their depth chart before we got on, man, I was like eight and two because I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. obviously I'm looking more at the Eastern Conference covering the Wizards, man, but um, they're looking good. But I think that, you know, the bench, again, are just shooters, man. I think I really would attack the bench. And I think Gaff could eat, man. I think that uh, Gaff can definitely match up well against Derek Lively. So I think I don't know. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I think it's a winnable game. I'm just like I said, I, I want to see Johnny get those minutes, and I think Blau's gonna continue to get better. So you're right. Uh, there's some breaking news here. Pat Bowen Jr. and Ryan Rollins have been assigned to the Capital City Go-Go for the Go-Go's home game Wednesday morning against the Delaware Blue Co- Blue Coats a few hours after Baldwin and Rollins will be. With the Washington Wizards for Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday night's game against the Mavericks. So we'll see uh, those guys on the go go tomorrow morning. But uh, we're gonna, the lastly, we're gonna talk about the, uh, Jordan Poole and uh, Tyus Jones, their backcourt, just some stats and Bob Bilal. But before we do that, we had a quick word from Brandon. Yes, sir. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? Well, this year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. Because who wants turkey without gravy? <laughs> I don't. Turkey is great, but we all know the best part of Thanksgiving is the size, baby. With Ibotta, you can make sure you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and the turkey, all while getting yourself cash back. Big holidays mean big family get-togethers. But you don't have to spend all that money on Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return, right? With Ibotta, you can get your turkey and all your favorite sides for free. So starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your thanksgiving feast because that offers an app to redeem for everything you need to make your thanksgiving feast complete 
All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailer and upload your receipt. That's all you got to do. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care items to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing because I'm hurting from inflation. So I know everybody else is for sure. So download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED. You get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Locked. And Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national Shows covering every league out there. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Yes, sir. So I just want to read some stats that I saw. Um, this was from a young Wizzy DFS on Twitter. I want to give him credit for finding this. He says, in 211 minutes with Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole on the court, the Wizards offense rating is 103.26. Uh, the defense rating is 129.6. Their net rating is a net is minus 26.34. Now, in 155 minutes without with Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole being off the court, the offensive rating goes up to 119.88. The defense rating goes down to 98.25. The net rating goes up to a 21.64. So, basically, numbers and stats don't lie. Uh, I do like to look at numbers, and it just shows you that, honestly, the Jordan Poole and um, uh, Tyus Jones backcourt just has not worked out. I mean, we kind of see, we kind of yeah. could see this coming before the season started. They're both smaller yeah. guards. They're both, you know, lean guys. They're not great defenders. Yes, they can shoot the three. They can score at times, but uh, defensively, they just get targeted. And they, they just, they've just been cooked uh, recently. They, they just haven't, you know, they haven't. I know it's only ten games, so it takes time to get chemistry together. But and then also West Hamso Junior not playing Gafford, having Tyus Jones in there, you know, and at times Del- Delon Wright has looked yeah. a little bit more effective uh, than Tyus Jones at some points. So uh, what are your thoughts on the backcourt so far? And would you make any changes to the starting lineup going forward? Ooh, good question. E. Um, the backcourt is what they're advertised to be. You know, Tyus is more of the guy who's looking to pass the ball, distribute the ball. Um, offensive wise, if you can get 10, maybe 15, that's a good night for him. But, most often, you're looking for him to be that floor general, that distributor. Um, Jordan Poole has very high offensive upside, but tends to have lapses where he shoots a lot of low percentage shots. So it's just not a good recipe, man. Because uh, if you got a distributor, you need a guy who can shoot. And look, we all know that Jordan Poole can shoot and score, but just finding those high percentage shots, man, you know, taking better looks. So 
and like you said, 10 games, is it a big enough sample size? We'll see. But, I mean, look at the ties, man. Um, If you look at turnover ratio, um, it was him and Monte, one and two, I believe, from um, last year, man. And Monte was what he was. You know, he did the job, but he wasn't anything flashy. Uh, he's just he came in and did his job, and it's, and it's starting to look like Ty's is that guy. You know, he's coming in, he's going to give you quality minutes at point guard, but is he necessarily the future at point guard? I don't think so. I think that he's probably got enough value that we're definitely going to get some assets back for him. I'm not saying we're going to get a first, but we could definitely get something back for him at the deadline. But going forward, I think the best bet with what we have, man, is Jordan Poole at the point. I would definitely not saying to make that move now because obviously we're still getting the trade value up for Tyus Delon, even though Delon is hurt. But but at the deadline, I'm definitely sliding Jordan Poole at, at starting point guard. And I'm putting Bilal or Corey Kispert at the two. And I'm going from there. And then maybe you could do both, you know, depending on the matchup. You know, but I definitely think – I mean, and it's kind of taking Johnny Davis out of the equation, but, I mean, he's already catching DMPs. I don't know really what, you know, what his outlook is. But, yeah, that's the change I'm making after the deadline. I think Jordan Poole is the guy that we need to slide into the starting point guard. Just because of pace. Like, he's going to push the pace, you know. So, and it's going to be intriguing who they put because if they put Bilal too, and you got Denny for three, and, I mean, they're, they're, I think that's a really good lineup. And, I, and a lot of people I've seen on Wizards Twitter and in, and in media looking at the lineup, they've been putting Bilal the two. That's a defensive lineup. And that's a, actually a really intriguing lineup, man. Put Bilal the two and obviously Denny the three, Kuz at the four, and Gaff at the five. So, but that would be my lineup after the deadline. Yeah, I'm with you on that too, Blau. And he's shooting the ball very well too, which helps with spacing. That was my biggest concern coming in. You know, can he knock down the three or guys are even going to step out there and defend them? Uh, guys have to go out there and defend them. They really have to step out there on the three-point shot because he's been knocking it down. He's made at least one three each game and he hit four threes in one game as well. Average of eight points, one assist, three boards. Blau shooting 43% from the three right now. But, yeah, the backcourt is just not working. Uh, we, we saw it coming up, but I, I did want Tyus to start because, you know, he, he's more of a guy that is just going to calm the team down and kind of calm Jordan Poole down, but it just, you know, hasn't worked out, uh, you know, just because, you know, Tyus just doesn't turn the ball over. You brought up how Tyus just, you know, turn assist the turnover ratio. Same thing with the long right, kind of the same thing with Monte Morris. You know, he's a steady Eddie guy, the floater going, he can shoot a three, but. Um, defensively, yeah, we just those guys have been targeted. Tyus had a bad game, and the funny thing is, uh, Monte Morris tweeted out saying that he never put up a stat line out there like that. So, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting that uh, Monte Morris felt the need to go out there and tweet that out. But you know, Monte Morris is not like he lit the world on fire either, honestly. So, right, um, I thought <laughs> I thought it was weird that Monte tweeted that out, but then again, we remember Monte tweeted out that popcorn emoji when he was in trade rumors. So but, uh, yeah, also looking at the um, stats for Bilal, he's played 30% of the shooting guard position, 68% at small forward, 2% at power forward. So, yeah, he's played a good amount at small forward, at shooting guard, mostly small forward. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind him seeing next to next to Jordan Poole because that would help Jordan out defensively for sure. And you get a guy that can run a transition like Bilal. So, um, clearly the, the backcourt's not working. You know, we just need, you know, Tyus to – I don't think his value will go up any, any more than what it is. So, yeah. you know, at the trade deadline, you probably move him. Probably keep Jordan Poole because you're not going to get anything for Jordan Poole at this point at the trade deadline in February. Nah. So you keep him this year. Maybe in the offseason you might get a deal or something like that. Maybe next season before the trade deadline in 2025 or 2026. You know, Yeah, 20, it'll be 2025. So in 2025, maybe you get something like that. Maybe you get – maybe, maybe if, if Jordan Poole plays better, 
maybe you can get a first or a late round first or a future first for Jordan Poole if you can get his value back up. So it's going to take a lot of work to do that. But, yeah, clearly the Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole backcourt is not working. But I think West is a guy that doesn't really like to change the lineup. The only time he likes to change the, the lineup is when he takes Denny out. Other than that, he doesn't bench <laughs> any starters. Because last year he didn't bench Monte really. You know, other than that, he, he kept it the same way. The only, only, the only starting change I can remember that he made was really just taking Denny out. Then he put Gaff and Porzingis in. So with West, you're you're not going to see any any lineup changes. Yeah, but that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. You've got to be able to mismatch and really game plan. Like just going with one lineup and just going and rolling with it is just. I don't understand that, man. It's just not coaching, in my opinion. You gotta, you gotta be able to evolve. You know. We have enough guys on this team who can play multiple positions where you, you don't have to have a stagnant lineup. You know what I mean? So to me, that's part of the problem. But that's a whole other episode. Um, you know, look at the <laughs> look at the Jordan Poole, man. I mean, you saw how uh Winger and company were very transparent with Bradley Bill. Had that conversation with Jordan Poole, man. Do you want to be here? And if so, these are the expectations. I would lay it out for him. These are the expectations we have. You know, if not, it behooves you to mature a little bit. Play the way you need to play, boost your value up. And if you want to go somewhere, do yourself a favor, boost your value up, and then we'll flip you. But, you know, we, we got to establish this culture, man. We, we can't, you know, have people playing games and all this, you know, nah. Either you want to come in and get this culture right or get this value up and flip them. That's where I'm at. Because to me, the most important thing about the rebuild is establishing that culture. You mm-hmm. want people to come in with that right mindset, man, where you come in ready to work. You know, no playing around. You, you trying to be fancy, you get blown out. Now nah, that's sending the wrong message to these young guys, man. Because, you know, look, you're a leader. What's Bilal looking at? You know, you got to instill that culture. And that's the pivotal part right now because it's year one. So that's where I'm at with Poole, man. I like Poole. Um, young brother, man, with a lot of upside, man. I want to see him succeed. Um, and I, I prefer he succeed in D.C., but he's got he's to mature. He's got to mature. And it behooves him a lot, just as much as it behooves us. You know, he, for him to have longevity in this league and people to take him serious, especially as a leader, he's got to step it up, man. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for from Poole. Mm-hmm. 100%, 100%. So we're going to be on tomorrow night around 10 o'clock going yes, live once again. So you guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you guys are on your best behavior. <laughs> we will try our best to respond to every comment that we see in the live chat. A lot of live <laughs> chat. Uh, it definitely was getting uh, interesting for sure the last time we went live last night. So it should be a lot of fun after the Mavericks game. So make sure you once again, you guys subscribe. Make sure you guys make Locking with your first listen every day. Hit that notification bell. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.